Welcome to the Lads NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. With your hosts, Joel Bunkle and Cora Beland. Welcome to the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast, your one-stop shop for NFL fantasy news in Australia. Except this week, I am coming to you from New York City. I'm Joel Bunkle, and tonight I am joined in our Brooklyn studio by Ben Carpenter Wanyanwu, better known to our Australian audiences as Chippy. Ben, how are we doing today? Oh, it's good to be here, mate. It's so fantastic to see the podcast finally come across the pond. It's a big week in NFL. Uh, a lot of uh, exciting results. The Dolphins getting their first win of the season. Can you believe that? The battle for the worst team in the NFL, and the Dolphins came out ahead over the Jets. That says something about the Jets. Yeah, they're definitely in a str- on the struggle bus, and I'm not sure what the- it's going to take to turn them around. They had a lot of hope coming into the season. Lev Bell was someone we thought would change the culture, change the team, change the trajectory. Doesn't seem to be true. Uh, the headline that I loved writing up this week was the Pats losing to the Ravens and uh, Lamar doing his thing and doing it well, man. How good is that guy? He's amazing. Uh, you know, he didn't have an incredible passing game by any means, but he's still got two touchdowns on the ground rushing himself. He never seems to need it. That's the one thing about him is you can guarantee he's going to get his on the ground. And the way there was one play in that game where he was racing two linebackers to the sideline and then just stopped, spun, turned around, cut up the middle, and you just saw both of them fall forward, and it was unbelievable. And he seems to do things like that every single week. It's against the NFL's best defense as well. The defense that's been scoring more fantasy points than your starting wide receivers. 100%. I think that's like a fantasy. It's a defense that's been outscoring a lot of offenses like the Jets. <laughs> um, the 49ers are still undefeated. Good to see them bounce back. I remember a couple of weeks ago, they were getting the wins, but just scraping by. And on the podcast, there was mentioned a couple of times how they hadn't been um, performing well for fantasy owners. We saw that turn around. We were also lucky enough to go see the Monday night football game here in New York. Cowboys versus the Giants. Great win for our, our boys. Yes, sir. The win. What was the, uh, the highlight of the game for you, mate? I mean, obviously the Cats were the one getting all the attention, but the best thing that came out of that game were the memes associated with it. Oh, look, I think the Cat was, uh, I mean, it was a a bizarre circumstance to actually be in the stadium and just see the Cat on the field um, and stop play. But I thought it was an outstanding play call by Kellen Moore for the Cowboys. That was a stroke of genius there. Um, You know, from the stats that I read, the Cat ran up 117 yards, went into the end zone twice. That's one more time than Daniel Jones did for the game. Yeah, the cat also got into the end zone, which brought out the biggest cheer on the night from the Giants fans. And um, at the time, I think everyone was wondering, who's it going to be a bad omen for a black cat uh, running across the field? And it turned out to be the Giants because the, uh, the Cowboys went on a uh, 30 plus to nine point scoring run from there and uh, ran away with the game. Yeah, the week after Halloween, really poor timing. It was, it was. Um, and to be honest, I know for us, it was a bit of a relief. <laughs> Because that first half was a pretty close half of football. Yeah, sitting in the section, we had Giants fans all around us. And we had a good, boisterous uh, man next to us who was letting his opinion be heard. And it was definitely not in favor of us. So it was good to have that little break, catch their attention and see us bounce back. So um, for our Australian listeners who maybe have not been fortunate enough to go to an NFL game live, how do we describe the atmosphere of what this looks like? 
Yeah, this is one of the most incredible stadiums I've ever been. It doesn't look or feel at all like it does when you're at the footy. Um, you're on top of the stadium, on top of the field, looking down. doesn't matter whether you're in the first deck or the third row. Um, it feels like you're on top of the field, and the players are actually bigger than they look. And uh, it is, absolutely. And I think when you uh, you get into the, the pregame and they bring out the American-shaped flag, U.S. flag, and the national anthem goes, and then there's fireworks on cue throughout the national anthem. Like, that's just not an experience that you get in Australia. Oh, it's a hell of a production. I mean, and you think that this goes on every week for 16 weekends of the year it's in just 16 a game. cities. Just a game. Just a game. Yeah, apparently, that's what they say. <laughs> Um, what's on the uh, cards for tonight, Ben? Oh, we've got a fascinating show coming up. Um, we've got headlines and news. We've got the grinners and sinners, those who let you down. We've also got the trading block and, of course, our dive into the weekly waiver wire. Shall we get this oven fired up and get started? 100%. Let's chase this cat down and get it. Headlines and news. Alright guys, let's get into the news and headlines from this week. And we've got some big news for you. First up, Cam Newton has been placed on the IR by the Panthers. Season over. Joel, what do you think about that? I mean, it's a really uh, it's a really interesting one, isn't it? I mean, is his career at the crossroads for Cam? I mean, he's 30 years old. This, uh, this foot injury has just not been responding to treatment. Yeah, and Cal Allen's been getting the job done. Maybe not the way that Cam Newton has, but it's good to see him out there um, keeping Christian McCaffrey relevant. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Where, where do you think the, the Panthers are going to go from here? I think it's a really important time for them. I mean, the Panthers were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and there was a moment, I remember we were in a bar in Melbourne, and Cam got sacked, got up and threw a temper tantrum at Von Miller, and we were looking at each other like, could this be the moment of greatness, or is this the end of his career? And we haven't really seen him reach those heights ever since. Yeah. I mean, what would you be doing in their position? Are you? I mean, this is a guy who was changing the face of, of quarterbacks for the NFL a few years ago. And, and they were onto something there. You've seen the rest of the league copy that trend going with running more athletic quarterbacks over the last year. We've seen uh, Kyler Murray emerge. Lamar Jackson's been the fantasy superstar of the season. Um, and I don't, I don't really know how that translates um, into Cam Newton's future, but I think the way he's been dressing might suggest he's got different interests. Yeah, I mean, it's big news. It's sad news. You never like to see that because of an injury, more so. Um, especially when you've got Tom Brady still going around at, what, 42, 43? Um, another uh, bit of news off this week is uh, Josh Gordon was claimed uh, by Seattle Seahawks off the waivers. Um, his status is a little bit up in the air at the moment. We thought he was put onto the, uh, the IR list. He was on the IR list, right? Most definitely. Um, so we're not sure when the Seahawks are going to play him, but he looks like he's available to play. I don't quite know. I think I read earlier today that he might be active this coming week, which seems bizarre given that the Patriots placed him on the IR, but I think he's a chance. There you go. Um, and other big news this week, Ben? Oh, yeah. Gardner Minshew lost his job, which means the NFL lost its best mustache. <laughs> I mean, is this a temporary thing? I mean, Nick Foles coming back into the equation. I mean, he started the year before losing the job to Gardner. Has he just not been up to it the last couple of weeks? Yeah, the Jaguars have really struggled over the last couple of weeks. And coming into the season, they had a lot of hype behind them, especially bringing in Nick Foles. There were players like D.D. Westbrook who were drafted in the 6th, 7th round based on potential in the, with their relationship. Um, and Nick Foles and D.D. Westbrook have shown to have a real relationship in the past. So maybe he's a ch person, a sneaky person to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, how do you think it's going to affect the 
you know, the, the team overall, are they going to see a bit of a winning trend or is this a bit of a desperation type move at this stage of the season? I mean, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Nick Foles. He's a guy from Austin, a Westlake kid, um, and he's had a lot of success in his career. He hasn't really um, been the man at the helm for the whole season, but whenever he's been asked to do the job, he's certainly got it done. Yeah, interesting times there for the Jags, uh, but there's a lot of injuries this week, Ben. Why don't you take us through the list? Yeah, Adam Thielen um, was listed on the injury report coming in, but he did start for the Vikings on the weekend, but didn't help any fantasy owners as he got hurt in the first quarter and did not return. Um, he's scheduled three to four weeks. What, is that, what do you think that means for Stephon Diggs? Yeah, that's a big upside for Diggs, but uh, that hurts, I think, overall for the Vikings. Yeah, they're in a position where they really want to keep pushing through the season, and we'll see how that goes. Jacoby Brissett also got hurt, sprained his MCL. He's week to week. Um, T.Y. Hilton also strained his calf up to a month out, and so the Colts look like they're in a position of strife. Evan Ingram also sprained his foot. He's week to week, and in this tight end landscape, you're always looking for somebody who you can rely on, so that's going to hurt. Also, Deshaun Jackson got back in, not for long. He's out. I wouldn't put too much stock in him. Um, Preston Williams, Ricky Seals-Jones, Lev Bell, all of those are names to keep an eye on. And Chase Edmonds coming back. Who knows how that'll shake up the situation in Arizona. Absolutely. And there's a few uh, returning existing injuries on the list. Uh, Pat Mahomes, is obviously everyone's looking forward to his return. He's a maybe for Week 10. Hopefully, uh, the sooner the better for the Chiefs. Um, DJ... He's got that sore ankle, but uh, he should be back for week 10. Don't know how that uh, shapes up with Kenyon Drake in the team now. We've got Sterling Shepard and Brandon Cooks both in the concussion protocol. Not likely for this week. Keep an eye on them. Uh, Matt Ryan had that ankle injury, uh, but he should be right to return. We've got Kamara, who's a tentative return for uh, the Saints there, and James Connor, who's week to week with the shoulder. Um, but one that could be coming back this week, Ben, is AJ Green with that ankle injury against the Ravens coming back. Yeah, this is one that's got me excited. He's been on my bench this whole season, taking up that IR spot, and it's about time to have him come back. But there are some questions about how that'll shake out with the wide receiving core there. There's quite a few people pieces at play. Yeah, it's a three-headed receiving core at the moment. None of them have been overly spectacular. Um, so I think... You know, what the, the Bengals need is like their WR1 back. And um, I mean, would you expect that's that most of the, like a lot of those targets are going to be redirected to AJ if he's back at his best? Yeah, what's really been missing from that offense is a focal point, someone that can actually break the line, make a little bit of a difference and get a little bit of separation. Um, and AJ Green's been known for that through his history and through his past. So maybe he might come back, help out the likes of Joe Mixon, some of these other players who we've seen a down season from. So hopefully that turns things around in Cincinnati. Absolutely. And speaking of focal points, why don't we get into our top players and bottom players of the week with Grinners and Sinners. Grinners and Sinners. All right, Grinners and Sinners, let's have a look at our top players of the week. So top scoring for us this week, Russell Wilson with a stellar game, 39.22 points with five touchdowns on the week. A guy that we see in this list almost every week, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, 36.1. Tyler Lockett with 33.7. Mike Evans having another great week with 30 points. Um, someone we haven't seen in this season, Jimmy Garoppolo, 28.88 points on the week and four touchdowns, an impressive performance from him. Yeah, that's fun. That's good to see the San Francisco offense come good. I remember Korob talking a couple weeks ago about the... Um, 
49ers and how they were struggling after their game in Washington. Um, but it's good to see that offense turn itself around. And Lamar Jackson is another person who performed this week with 28.62 points. Um, he's been doing it all week, all year, all season, and it's been great to see that. A new name to this list, someone that might be fun and familiar, but also causing some troubles. Uh, Kenyon Drake with 26.2 points this week instead of David Johnson. Matthew Stafford also getting the job done for Detroit. Ryan Tannehill appears on this list. And Melvin Gordon, good to see him come good. Yeah, um, you'd be uh, pretty stoked as Melvin Gordon owner there, getting a, you know, some, a lot of you know, 20 rushing attempts on the week. Not a lot of uh, yards, but uh, picked up two touchdowns with him, so pretty efficient. Any surprise performances for you this week, Ben? Yeah, I mean, for me, the most fascinating name on this list is Ryan Tannehill, my fellow Texas A&M Aggie appearing on the list. Um, he threw his standard two interceptions. You'll get that every week from him, but he does have that floor that's brought, helped out by his rushing ability. You know, he was a receiver at Texas A&M. Him and Mike Evans um, really, really put the school on the map. Another name that I'm excited to see on this list is Tyler Lockett. He's been someone who you can count on, super consistent every single week. But this was his first real boom game in the last couple of weeks. The two touchdowns, he looks unguardable. Um, nobody can stay with him. What about yourself? I mean, I think um, it's probably, whilst it wasn't unexpected, Kenyon Drake uh, coming across uh, for the Cardinals and, and stepping into the role that DJ has played for most of the year. Um, a great first performance from him. What do you think that does to the backfield there in Arizona? Certainly confuses the situation, I would have thought, Ben. <laughs> to say the least. I mean, people were high on Chase Edmonds a couple weeks ago. He was the hottest waiver wire pickup. Um, and now I have no idea what to do with that. As a David Johnson owner, I might be looking to shop someone like that. Yeah, I think um, probably the thing that everyone's ha all the David Johnson owners are happy about is that Chase Edmonds is injured at the moment. Um, so at worst, it's like a two-man committee. Um, you know, look, DJ's been like the, you know, the main focal point for that offense for a long time. So uh, I can't see it changing too much. He's probably going to get a few less opportunities, but hopefully he's still getting the red zone opportunities. We'll see if he comes back. He's been hurting your heart in the last couple of weeks. Speaking of players hurting your heart, we've got the top sinners of the week. Allen Robinson, a single point. Aaron Jones, someone who's been on this uh, Grinner's list for the last couple of weeks, finally let us down. Juju Smith-Schuster unfortunate situation and far too common an occurrence and christian kirk also popped up on the list yeah, and then uh Sony michelle who has had a very up and down season considering his uh his last season was so good with the pats and then tevin coleman um losing out this week with only uh putting up the 4.6 points and then normally you wouldn't put a defense on this list but i'm making the exception this week and i'm putting the pats defense on this list four points I mean, the fact that they're on this list is a compliment in and of itself. If you're a Pats owner, you'll take this. It's just part of the, the game of fantasy football. They've been phenomenal this season, an absolute game changer, scoring in double digits almost every week. Wasn't it good to see the Ravens beat the Pats? Oh, always is. How good is it? Lamar Jackson is an absolute stud, and he is changing the way football will be played for the future. And he is by far the fastest and most athletic person on the field. And it's incredible to see that in a game like this with gladiators of this size. So talk to me about Juju, Ben. Like, what's, uh, what's going on here? What's obviously, you know, Big Ben's out. Uh, Rudolph's back in now. What's, uh, what's the prognosis? What's the, the prospects for him for the rest of the season? Yeah, Juju's a real head-scratcher. 
he's a phenomenal player, an incredible athlete, and has obviously shown flashes of brilliance over his short, illustrious career. And with a nickname like that, you want someone to succeed. But, I mean, he's not someone you could really count on. He got traded in our league of record earlier in the year. I think it was for James Conner. Um, and at the time, it looked like a sort of uh, suspect deal. I don't know who's come out the winner of that. What do you think? I don't think anyone's come out the winner of that. I certainly have. I traded for him. I got Juju out of the deal. But um, I tell you what, it's. I don't think it's been... I mean, I know James Conner's had one or, two, one or two good games, but he's also had a few injuries. So pretty been pretty much been misery for anyone who's owned key pieces of the Pittsburgh uh, offense, which is... I suppose in recent years, it's been pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, the loss of Big Ben really changed the trajectory of this entire season. They lost Lev Bell at the end of last season and thought everything was going to turn in a new direction, but it really hasn't gone the way they've expected. Do you think the uh, Steelers have underrated the loss of Antonio Brown? I think it's really hard to say they got it wrong, given his current... um, It's really hard to say he's got it wrong, given his current situation. But, I mean, it definitely has changed their offense. I mean, though, I suppose you could look at the Antonio Brown thing two ways. It's like the whole trade thing set him off and put him on this trajectory. Would he have just been fine if I just paid him his money and just like kept him there and keeps attracting, you know, that, that top corner or safety every every week, but still, you know, getting good points? And do you think that when he was there, he was the reason that Juju was allowed to perform so well? Definitely made the job easier. Juju is clearly an elite athlete. So him going up against your second corner, he was always going to have the advantage. But now, as you see, with him going up against the elite cornerback one, he's really had a hard time getting the separation. Plus, having the young quarterback in there really hasn't helped at all. Yeah, so I suppose that is always something, because he was uh, was taken quite high in drafts, uh, probably a second-round pick in most cases. Um, So always something to consider in in your off-season, plotting and um, scheming for who's going to be on your team is when those major pieces get traded away, it does create a bit of uncertainty there. Yeah, I mean, where there's opportunity, there's risk. And uh, those, if you get it right, you end up, you know, changing the trajectory of your whole season. If you get it wrong, you're sitting down at the bottom. Now, if you're a a team that needs to uh, change the trajectory of their fantasy season so far, then this next segment is for you. The Trading Block. Welcome to The Trading Block. This is our weekly look at trades, trade value, and player value. We definitely encourage owners out there to send in your trade or player-related questions. We're here to help you weigh up a trade or help you understand what your player's worth. Who's somebody you've got your eye on this week? Well, look, there's uh, there's a couple players I think we should discuss this week. Um, I think there's definitely one that you want to be trading for, and there's one that we're going to be looking at trading away. So, Ben, I mean, you've got this first guy. Tell us uh, a little bit about him. Is this someone that you want to go out and get? Yeah, I'm looking for someone I can get cheap, someone I can get a little bit more value coming into the run home of the season. So depending on how your team's going, Devontae Adams might be someone I have my eye on. If your team's been doing well, he is certainly someone who could help. He's been struggling over the last couple of weeks. He's coming off the back of a long injury stint. If you've been struggling, he's probably part of the reason for that. But Aaron Rodgers has his guy, and that guy has always been a stud, even going back to Jordy Nelson. And look at what he did last year. 13 touchdowns, over 1,300 yards, over 110 receptions. He is definitely someone I've got my eye on. Is that, uh, you know, if he's back at his full health, is that the kind of production and those targets that you're expecting to see from Adams for the rest of the season? 
Yeah, it's a tough situation given the number of players that they have there in that receiving core. I mean, right, it's already pretty full. You've already got you know MVS and Allison Lazard now. Um, is you know him coming back in going to make a big difference there, or is it there too many players in there? Yeah, we've seen we've seen MVS sort of disappear over the last couple of weeks, and he's someone I don't even think is worth rostering anymore. But, you know, I would expect all of his targets, a little bit more of Allison and Lazard as well to go over to Devontae. Plus, they've got those two running backs who've been performing well this season. What do you think, like, generally game script is like for the Packers? I mean, for them, they're usually up in the game, and Aaron Rodgers is going to get his, is pretty much what we've learned. Coming into this end of the year, though, the weather starts to change up in Green Bay. We, in fact, we just had our first snow of the year in the States, um, courtesy of Green Bay, so we should expect some really, really terrible weather in this weekend in, uh, against Chicago. What's, uh, what kind of uh, impact are we talking with? Uh, you know, if there's snow, we do see those games every year where we've got the whiteout and the lines are all kind of, like, etched out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's always dependent. Aaron Rodgers has a really particular style where he just gets the ball out of his hands really quickly. So I think there's a chance for Adams to stay relevant. But you usually see the running backs become a little bit more dominant. They get a couple more carries just for ball security. It's also really tough to catch the ball and throw the ball in that cold weather. Um, So I don't usually see too many offensive coordinators trying to get crazy. They just try to keep it simple and pound the rock. Yeah, so they've got, well, there's... uh three home games for them for the rest of the year six games left for them uh, for obviously our fantasy purposes anyway so the weather factor can come into play especially this time of year what kind of value do you think we could uh, trade uh, for a Donovan Adams what do we reckon we can get yeah I mean that's really going to be dependent on each team and who you're playing against I mean you're hoping you could get him for on the low so the fact that he's missed the last five weeks um, the fact that last week he didn't perform as someone would hope Um, You're hoping maybe you could trade someone along the lines of, you know, I would personally probably try to package a deal. Maybe one of the running backs that I've been having who's been performing pretty well and put that with a top end tight end if I'm lucky enough to have one of those. Um, You know, the tight end landscape is very, very barren and we don't really see that. So if you can get a consistent person to play that position, I would be looking to try to flip that for someone with a little more upside. Now, we've spoken a lot this year about the tight end situation being uh, very scarce. And I'm wondering now, like you, you, we talk about like trying to find, you know, top end tight end, and that's just someone who puts up double figures, right? And uh, I think for for a lot of us out there, that tight end position has really been costing us week to week. And probably one of the most consistent guys on the season has been Austin Hooper, who I think has only been in the single figures once for the year. Um, is he a guy that you you think has value for for Devonta Adams side? You need to package in, you know, like a running back two into that equation to kind of get that over line. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be dependent again, and it's also going to matter how your team's been performing over the last couple of weeks. If you've been struggling, um, it might be time to trade for a little bit more of a player who will help you now. If you are lucky enough to be in a situation where your team is, you know, near the top of the charts. I would be looking at trying to trade away an Austin Hooper and maybe a James White or a David Montgomery capitalizing on the last two games he's had. Um, something like that. One of these candidates that you could sell rather for some value. Um, maybe someone like even Aaron Jones in that backfield. He was dominating for the last couple of weeks. Might have struggled last week, but so did the whole offense. So I don't know if someone would go for that, but that's certainly someone I'd look at offering. So if your team's in good shape, Ben, and this is a risk that you can afford to take, you look like you are playoff bound, uh, Devontae Adams could be someone a little bit more, you know, X factor for your playoff run. Yeah, I mean, I'm always looking for a consistent player to plug into my wide receiver spot. And it usually helps if they have the opportunity to blow up. 
And Devontae has that potential. The one thing about him is if he's hurt, you've traded away something of value and it's definitely going to cost you for the rest of the season. So that's something I would be keeping my eye on. And who's somebody you're looking at selling? This week, the player that we're going to focus on is uh, it's a very situational-based uh, trade-away uh, kind of a situation. And that's Nick Chubb for the Browns, who's been he's been consistent this year. You know, He's put up a good base, a base of at least 10 points a week and has had a couple boom games. He's... Uh, I'm sure what you would call Ben, like the definition of a, a great consistent fantasy player. He's not, you know, he delivered you too many shocks throughout the year. Uh, but I think what's putting uncertainty into the situation here is Kareem Hunt's imminent return. Um, expected week ten, week eleven, depending on how he fits. Ben, he's been training back with the team for a couple of weeks. Um, Kareem Hunt is a guy who, you know, last year racked up 820 odd yards, seven touchdowns in. 11 games before his suspension, not to mention the 1,300 yards the year before that. He's an elite running back. Um, he's been out of the game for a little bit, but I think this creates a bit of uncertainty with the Nick Chubb situation. And so maybe uh, it's time to sell him high. What do you think? Yeah, as a, as a Nick Chubb owner, that definitely has some resonance. But there is one thing going in the favor of Nick Chubb and that he hasn't been having most of the third down carries. They've been giving those to the second year player out of Tulane, Dontrell Hilliard. Um, so maybe Kareem Hunt just returns into that third down role. Plus, we've also seen Nick Chubb really excel in his first and second down. And the Browns have really been struggling, so they're probably going to have to figure out a way to get him more involved. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you think it could go either way, though? Like Hunt comes back and they choose to get him more involved? Or is that something that, you know, having been out of the game for half a year to a year now that it's going to be more of an ease-in situation. Yeah, it seems impossible to think that he will be left out of it or that he'll get all of the work. But what's more important, what I have my eye on, is how that Browns team's performing as a whole. They look abysmal at the moment, so I don't know that I'd be putting too much stock into either of them at the at the moment, to be honest. So let's talk about a trade focus for uh, Nick Chubb, because he's been consistent. So I think there's still a little bit of value there. I mean, a lot of a lot of players get a running back each week that puts up single digits. Um, you would think even with Kareem Hunt, Nick, Nick Chubb is not going to be one of those guys. Uh, so in terms of value, what do you what do you think is kind of fair value for someone like Nick Chubb? Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb is, is an elite player. So I think you're going to have to get elite value back. I'd be personally looking at a wide receiver one, um, and usually I try to pair that with another wide, another running back for a little bit more depth. I really struggle with the sort of trades that just go one for one, running back for running back, because then I'm just uh, left comparing between the two, and that's never a feeling I enjoy. So for you know your wide receiver type offer there, what are you, you thinking someone like uh, at the Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper level? Oh, if I could get both of them, that would be even better. Call them C squared. <laughs> Um, but to be honest, Cooper Cup would be a, a great value, I think, there. I think Cooper Cup has been having one of those seasons that's consistent, but he's also been blowing up every uh, couple of weeks. But they have a three-headed offense and somehow have managed to sustain that. Um, I think I'd also be looking at maybe someone in the Leonard Fournette category who's been per su performing surprisingly well. What about you? Yeah, look, uh, Leonard Fournette's an interesting one. Um, it's... Maybe a little bit unpredictable with the Jags' offense. Um, I don't know how confident you feel. I mean, it's surprising. You, you think Fournette and you, you think in your head, oh, he hasn't been going that well. But then you look at his stat line, he's like, actually, he's been going pretty good. Yeah, surprisingly well. Um, so I think uh, the Fournette owners out there would be uh, quietly happy. Um, Chris Carson, obviously, he's been very good for the Seahawks. 
Um, they've been a lot less run heavy than we thought preseason. Yeah, and but Chris Carson has been worked into the offense in a bunch of different ways, though. So he's someone I'd be keeping my eye on. The interesting part about him is he has a fumbling problem. We've seen that happen multiple weeks now. Fumbled twice two weeks ago. I think he managed to get through skate-free last week. And then this past weekend, he definitely fumbled the ball again and had one near fumble near the sideline. So those are killers both on the field and in the coach's eyes. So that's something to keep an eye on as we go down the season. Rashard Penny is the backup there if you want to get crazy. And of course, you've got Josh Gordon coming into that offense as well. Yeah, I wonder what that does for it. I mean, DK Metcalf has been one of the steals of the season. Do you think that changes anything for him? Yeah, look, there's got to be... Someone's going to lose targets. Um, I mean, they have been throwing to their tight end a little bit for, for God knows what reason. Um, but, you know, so hopefully all those targets go from the tight end uh, to Gordon if he can get in the team and he's fit. So... But I suppose from the, the running back situation, Carson's always going to have good value, like Chubb will. Um, so, yeah, I suppose, I don't know, I, I think probably like Fournette is like more of a fair like-for-like like trade. But um, like you said, you know, like you're trading an RB for an RB, you know, you're going to be left with regret at someone, you know, like it's uh, not a great not a great way to go about it. I'll tell you one thing. The one person who's not going to lose targets is Tyler Lockett. That guy is an absolute stud. So we'll keep that going and see how things unfold in Seattle. Now, um, those are our trade focuses for the week. That is our trading block segment. If you need to find some players on the wire, then this next one is for you. The Wire. Alrighty, The Wire. Let's have our weekly chat about who's out there on your waiver wire. Um, we're generally looking at 10-team half PPR leagues, um, but there's probably a bit of relevant info for some deeper leagues in the 12-team situation. Um, there's still a lot of value out there, and I think um, when you start looking at recent trends around which players have been performing well in the last three or four weeks, that's where you can really find some value. Um, ben, what are some players that we could be looking at grabbing this week? One of the players I was lucky enough to pick up this week was Devontae Parker, and that's something fascinating. I don't know if you've been watching much of the Miami games, mostly for comical reasons, but um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is back in there, and he's slinging the ball around the field. And Devontae Parker has been the beneficiary. 15, 10, 14, 8, 13, pretty consistent for someone off the waiver. Man, Fitz is slinging, man. He throws the ball pretty quick. I swear, he's just out there throwing it like a baseball as hard as he can. Whether or not it goes straight is a separate conversation, but we'll worry about that later. Another receiver that's had a good couple of weeks is uh, the Oakland wide receiver Hunter Renfro, 16.8 and 14.4. It's not bad. Not at all, and he's a really fun player. I don't know how much you guys watched um, Hard Knocks Down Under, but... He's a receiver out of Clemson, rookie, and he's someone John Gruden really likes. And David Carr clearly has uh, an interest in him as well. Their girlfriends and wives are friends, so they're, you know he's going to get a lot of the targets. Um, Auden Tate, wide receiver for the Bengals. This is a bit of a buyer beware with A.J. Green coming back in. He's been one of the more consistent like Cincinnati receivers, hasn't he? Yeah, consistent is all relative, but I guess you know what you're going to get. Somewhere between 7 and 11 points, which is not a bad result. Um, someone else I'd rather have, though, is Duke Johnson out of the Texans' backfield. He's been um, someone who just came good this past week, and the Texans looked like they might have uh, figured out something in that offense. Explain this one to me, because he was picked up earlier in the season, obviously, um, but hasn't quite found the momentum until recently. 
Yeah, Duke Johnson's always been known as one of those pass-catching running backs. Someone like James White out the backfield when he was in Cleveland that you could get guarantee in a half-point PPR he was going to give you double-digit points. But the Texans weren't really using him that way. They were trying to pound him up the middle, a role that was much better suited for Carlos Hyde. Um, and we've seen Carlos Hyde come good in the last couple of weeks as well. So I think there might be a, a little bit more of that pass-catching role for him coming back. We've seen DeAndre Hopkins struggle for the Texans. So definitely uh, targets to go around. Zach Pascal, receiver for uh, the Colts. He's uh, a very boom or bust option, but he's got Miami this week. His past three weeks have been 25.6, 1 point, and then 16.1. Good flex option this week against Miami? Yeah, not a terrible option. But Joel, I got a question for you. Mm. Do you think the Dolphins are as bad as they were? Ooh, I think they're getting better. I think uh, it's interesting because I think we made a comparison a few weeks ago on the show between the Jets and Miami and Miami was still putting up points in offense but just getting absolutely smashed absolutely smashed on D and maybe they're you know they won their first game this week yeah the battle of the Titans the 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 two worst teams in the league and the Dolphins got up they did um so I don't know if they're the worst team in the NFL anymore could you say that I mean the Jets are definitely giving them a run for their money so we'll see how that continues to go. Other players I've got my eye on, Cole Beasley in Buffalo. He's a consistent player. If you saw the route that he ran to get open for that touchdown, he absolutely broke the ankles of the DB. Incredible route. If you just watch the Telestrator and see how sharp that cut was on the end zone, nobody can cover that. So he's someone. Muhammad Sanu also had a good game at the Pats, get 14 targets, a touchdown, 81 yards. That's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, definitely. Um, a tight end. There's a couple of tight ends here because, uh, you know, we know the tight end situation is bleak. Uh, but Jacob Hollister had a week uh, at the Seahawks with two touchdowns and 17.7 points. Um, a bit of an anomaly, uh, but regardless, they uh, got it done. Also, Noah Fant with uh, the Denver Broncos. He put up 19 points on the week, 115 yards with a touchdown. And then... Um, Ryan Griffin, it's uh, it's an interesting situation. It's the Jets, so the Jets are the new Dolphins. He had a 22-point week last week and then an 8-point week this week. Uh, if you're desperate, there's an option for you. Oh, super fantastic Noah Fant. That's the guy I want. If you saw his touchdown, the way he brushed off that defender... 80 yards down the sideline in a full sprint, holding that football like it was a tennis ball walking into the end zone. That's someone I've got my eye on on the waivers. And this last guy here we've got is J.D. McKissick. Now, we know, obviously, the uh, the running back situation at Detroit's been changing over the last month. Is this something that uh, we should be looking out for as a bit of a trend? Maybe McKissick, uh, who had a 14-point week, um, he only ran... F- for 32 yards or four attempts, but he caught three or four receptions for a touchdown and 40 yards. Uh, do you think this could be a relevant fantasy play, obviously, with uh, you know the main injury to their number one RB there? Yeah, we've seen the backfield in Detroit in shambles since carry-on went out. And, I mean, they're looking for all sorts of options. Another fight in Texas Aggie. Trey Carson got a run in there, didn't really get the job done. They also had Trey Johnson get the job done, uh, get a run, and he didn't get the job done either. So J.D. McKissick might be the one. We've also seen him as a pass-catching back. So in a half-point or full-point PPR, he's someone I would be interested in. There's so much value in that, isn't there? Being able to just get, you know, your maybe four or five targets a game, it adds a lot of value to a running back. 
Yeah, I mean, you you can guarantee that that's three points that you're going to get for that alone, plus the the yards. That changes the entire outlook. It helps that you know mediocre performance become great and that bad performance be solid. And that's that floor that we're talking about, that guaranteed double digits, which will get you to 100, and then you can figure out the rest from there. So of those players on the list that we've spoken about this week, who would you be putting as your number one waiver priority for the week, Ben? Yeah, I think Devontae Parker is your clear number one. Um, the second one in there would probably be Noah Fant, just given uh, the tight end landscape. Um, and then Mohamed Sanu. I mean, you're, if you can figure out the Patriots wide receiver situation, good luck. But if you get it right, there's definitely points to be scored. If you can work out the Pats' offense situation... <laughs> Props to you. You've worked out this game. You win. It's over. You can have it. You, you can, can have, have it. it. It's all yours. Um, I really like Hunter Renfro. I think that's a great story. Uh, did see him on Hard Knocks in the preseason. Finally putting it together the last couple of weeks. Could be a, a good trending up player for the back half of your season uh, if you know Oakland can keep it together on the park. He's one of those players who reminds me a lot of Cooper Cup, someone who has that natural connection with the quarterback, and it's not really about their athletic prowess or what they look like running around. And I'm not just saying this because he's a white receiver. He definitely um, has the abilities. But he's got a connection that's definitely off the field, and it carries onto the field as well. So you can guarantee he's going to get what he wants. That's it. Well, that's great. I think that wraps us up for this episode of the Lads Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, Don't hesitate to send in your questions. You can send them in with a voice memo. Our website is anchor.fm forward slash Lads Fantasy. Send questions about just general fantasy or team structure or sit starts. But until then, Ben, be bold, be strong, and most importantly, be football. football.